Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Hello, friends. How are you? It feels like it honestly has been forever since I was on here. (laughs) I think the last week has just really felt more like a month because, oh my gosh, we put in so much work to put together the community and it felt like such an amazing beginning to do on the first day of spring. But I also feel like that one week was totally like a month. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but I am so excited that it's launched. And many of you have already jumped in. We have an incredible group of people already, and we're only halfway through our week of signing people up. So if you have not taken the opportunity to join us, now is the time. Now till Saturday at midnight, March 27th is the last day to sign on before we start all the exciting things that we're about to start. But in the meantime, there are, all the spaces are already being used. People are already asking questions, sharing their gardens, talking about things that they're hoping for spring and summer and what they plan to grow this year. I'm serious. There are so many incredible people in this group and I am loving it and it is just so fun. I mean, truly it is. And I'm finding myself having such wonderful conversations with so many of you already. So if you are at all interested, now is the time. And if it is not right for you this season. I totally get it too. And just make sure you sign up for emails because that's where you'll be able to kind of keep up and watch a little bit about what's happening and what we're doing in that space, because we will be sharing with our free newsletter subscribers just exactly what's going on. So you guys can kind of get a picture of it all. And in fact, for our spring email, which comes out this week, you guys that are on the newsletter will all be receiving a version of the premium newsletter. So you can even get a sneak peek at what our premium members are getting. So if you're at all interested at all, that's where you're going to be able to keep up with that. But I just had to get that little piece of housekeeping out of the way because today I want to jump right into our conversation. I have the amazing and wonderful Kaylin from Sweetwater Floral. Many of you follow her on Instagram. You may know about her very famous clinks that she does in the morning. She is all about real talk. She is everything that she is. And I love that about her. And we are basically neighbors, I guess you could say in rural terms. She lives just an hour and a half up the road from me, Eh, maybe two hours and (laughs) not up the road, up the coast. And so we both share living in Northern Michigan together and she offers so many amazing workshops and she designs flowers for weddings. She's an incredible businesswoman. Like 
I don't know what Kaylin can't do, truly. And she's real about it the whole way through, which I love. She lives on 10 acres with a gorgeous farm that her and her husband have with their two children and their two Bernese Mountain Dogs. And this is a little different garden tour because we're talking about flowers. We're not talking about veggies in this one. And I think we so often think of the garden as this space that is solely vegetables or herbs or whatever it may be, which is fine. But we forget that you can also just have a garden of just herbs or just flowers. And if that is something that brings you joy, I think you're going to love this. But also if you're somebody who's like me, who loves growing all those things together, well, you're going to love it too. Because we sit down we talk about motherhood, we talk about flowers, we talk about pretty much everything. And I loved this conversation. And in fact, Kaylin and I hadn't really talk talk in quite a while. Like I think it was over a dinner table in the spring, just probably three years ago. It was before she had children of her own. And I had just had our son who was like just a year. So this was like super awesome to sit down and hang out together and just have an hour chat. Granted, this whole podcast is in an hour, but I wanted to give you the best snippets of it all. So it is so wonderful to have Kaylin on today. And I just want to jump to this conversation. And if you want to, you can check out the blog post, which is in the show notes with all of the pictures and everything for this podcast episode. So you can see what Kaylin's space looks like as well in the show notes. You can also find links to everything that Kaylin's doing. She has so many amazing things like collections that you can order with flowers and workshops that you can do. You can even hire her to do a workshop design with you and some friends socially distanced outside if you would like to, or even via Zoom. So she has so many offerings. She's a great teacher and she's just so full of wisdom. So let's jump in and have this great conversation with Kaylin today. We're going to talk about your business and how that aligns with you gardening because we're, we have the garden tour that will be on the blog that shows basically photos from the past, what, a couple of years of like yeah. how it's grown and expanded. And then you have all these amazing tutorials and you have a great ebook. You have all this information that you love teaching and you're incredibly good at because your background is in reporting for television. Thank you. Thank you. And so, and it shows, and I'm always so jealous that you are so good on screen. And I always feel like I have I get really nervous. And... You do great. Your videos are great. Your videos well, are so you. well done. And I wouldn't blow smoke up your ass. I think you're really good. You, <laughs> you really you know what you're doing. And it's clear it comes across. You're passionate in teaching people about it. So when it's something yeah. that about, it's easy to teach, I think. Yes. I, I'm just not as articulate. I watch certain people. I'm like, oh, uh, I, I do better with writing than I do talking sometimes. So, but that's good. <laughs> That's why I started a podcast. It'll <laughs> but, be perfect for you. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not I'm not grabbing for compliments myself. I but you are incredibly talented and amazing to follow along with and I have personally learned so much from you. And Thanks. yeah, on flowers and because I didn't I didn't know much about flowers. Like when we kind of landed here. I was like, I, I hired somebody to help me figure out a plan. And then I had to figure out everything after that. And watching you grow zinnias and like show how to pinch them back. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. That's why mine weren't, were like <laughs> these yeah, tiny I, little things. I think but, that flowers are just like, they're so different than vegetables. And they're mm-hmm. so different. And especially cut flowers are even different than a lot of perennials or landscaping shrubs or, mm-hmm. you know, so I think just knowing what you're dealing with, with what you put in the ground is so important. Yeah. And so we'll just get into that. Like, how did you even learn? I mean, you have, I mean, obviously you taught yourself how to arrange flowers, but arranging them and growing them are two very different things. So what, how did you get into understanding that for yourself. Same way. The school of YouTube, the school (laughs) of Google. I am completely self-taught in growing flowers as well. And I started super small, which I think, and you and I agree on this, like starting small and not getting overwhelmed in your early years is so important. Mm -hmm. First year, I just grew a couple, honestly, a couple things in pots in five gallon buckets 
on our driveway. And just like <laughs> I love that. Drag them out there and just be like, is this working? I don't know. And and I read a ton. I just I love to read, um, but I love reading like articles or magazines. So it was it's really digestible information. I'm not one to sit down and read like the book of cut flowers. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down and watch a couple of YouTube videos on a certain variety and then really be like, okay, I can do that. But I'm self-taught. This will be my seventh summer. I was just thinking about this today. This will be my seventh summer growing cut flowers. That's amazing. I'm just, we're still super, still super small. I'm still passionate about people just being able to grow flowers wherever they are. Well, and what I love about flowers is that there's so many people that they get really overwhelmed by vegetables and vegetables are incredibly hard to grow in all honesty. Like some vegetables are easier, you know, but a lot of people tout, you know, tomatoes being a great first beginner vegetable, but tomatoes are a lot Mm -hmm. of work. And, but when we were talking about flowers, like zinnias and marigolds, They're so easy and so impressive. I say my sister is a vegetable grower and I go over to her garden. I'm like, there is no way. I have no desire to get it. (laughs) And I will one day, we always say when the kids are older, we'll grow food. But I think flowers are foolproof. It's a great Mm -hmm. way to introduce yourself to growing something from seed. And and it's really, I mean, there's no reward or payoff, like a, a little bouquet that you or little vase of flowers that you grew um, and stuff. It's, it's so, I mean, sunflowers, come on, you just oh, put them in the ground and then you're set. Like, I, know. I feel like every day I'm over at my sister's and she's got a new pest and she's mixing up some new <laughs> thing to try and get them off. And she's got an essential oil and a spray bottle. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, not flowers are easy. Yeah. Then you get chickens and then they just eat the pus and the vegetables. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So flowers are the most low maintenance kind of beginner entryway into putting stuff in the dirt. Yes. And that's why, and honestly, why I wanted to have the conversation with you first, because when we're talking about getting into like that connection of growing something or getting your hands dirty, you know, I think a lot of people think about planting a raised bed, but just starting with herbs or flowers or something like that is so much easier. I mean, herbs, you really have any pests with and they produce gorgeous flowers on their own, mini or perennial, things like that. So it's actually a lot of fun, which speaking of, you also grow lavender, which is yes. to also say, not that lavender is extremely easy, but you have wonderful information. I actually sort of like, I think I revived a lavender plant because of you. <laughs> I think the lavender has been such an adventure for us. That's the first thing we ever grew here at the farm. Mm-hmm. And um, we do have a couple thousand plants, which is crazy. Uh, and it's, it's pretty easy too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very fair weather on all things. Like I like things. I, we sort of live in our family by this mantra, like quit while it's fun. Like mm-hmm. keep doing things while you still enjoy them. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's how I feel about the lavender and the flowers. It's like, we love lavender because it, there's nothing beats a fresh cup of milled lavender and it's a great perennial and it does well here. Yeah, it does. And that's, what's been so amazing to me is I was like, oh, lavender is just going to, I don't know. I had this like preconceived idea of it. And then I was like, I planted a few of them and, you know, deer do not like lavender. I hate them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this year we're planting lavender all around the exterior of our garden and even planting chunks of it in our field to just like start going underneath our apple trees and like all this stuff. But I, I don't know, I've fallen in love with herbs and flowers and I love growing our food, but I mean, let's be honest, I don't, I I love growing things in general. So it doesn't necessarily have to like be food, food. So, but you can eat lavender. (laughs) You can. And I think a lot of people think that the payoff is in the, like, I think why vegetables, especially after 2020 and what we all went through, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people grew more than ever vegetable gardens. And, and I understand why, but I also think that people so often get so turned off. Like that's where they're like, Oh, I, I don't have a green thumb. I kill everything. Mm -hmm. as me because vegetables are hard and I don't, you can just jump into it versus flowers. Oh my gosh. Some blooming perennials, lavender, a couple shrubs. Like you cannot, it's really hard to mess it up. 
And the payoff is incredible because you do get to grow something and then harvest it and then enjoy it just Mm -hmm. different way than the food. Absolutely. And I I love that we're talking about that. So the next thing is, is like, because people are going to ask, like, what are the ones that you would suggest like for a first time grower? I mean, I have mine, but you you have yours. Yeah. So I always recommend sunflowers, cosmos, zinnias. Mm-hmm. or golds. Mm-hmm. That's a really good starting spot. Yeah. Really mess those up. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, it's pretty hard. It is. Um, I love Rudbeckia, black eyed Susan, but that's mm-hmm. a perennial, but it's mm-hmm. also another great cut flower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you stick with sunflowers, cosmos, zinnias, maybe even just that, those three to start, you can create really beautiful arrangements and bouquets and virtually no space you do. I, I don't want people to be misled to think that they need to have acres and acres. You mm-hmm. know, and I are lucky enough to, um, I you just grow well in pots. Too. Yes. Yeah. You can grow all this stuff in pots. You just need a little postage size stamp, postage stamp <laughs> anywhere. It doesn't need to be a fenced in beautiful thing. Um, I think a lot of times people get so caught up in the optics and what something's going to look like mm-hmm. when we need to be focusing on harvesting what we work so hard to grow. Yes. And I love that. And I just, I just love knowing that flowers just easily get people in to get their hands in the dirt. And I think that's the most amazing life-giving part. And I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's probably part of the reason you do it yourself. Oh my gosh. I don't have to grow flowers. I don't, we primarily focus on wedding work and events and workshops (laughs) And I, there's no way I could grow the amount of flowers I need to do all of our weddings, right? So I work with other local growers who grow on huge scales. I work with local wholesalers, but um, I grow just to still have that connection to where the flowers are coming from. And because there's such a nice little addition to traditional design work, stuff that comes from the garden, I think has a different look. But yeah, I grow just to sort of keep me humble because I make a lot of mistakes still. Mm-hmm. But I think there is nothing like making something and knowing that it started from literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's like something about being an entrepreneur too. And, you know, we love that, that just watching that process over and over again. I think we both can resonate with that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so, so how did your, I know I didn't have this on the list, but how, how did, how did that connect with your son this year? I mean, he was big enough to. He was, he was, he was in the garden with me and he, I'll be really interested to see it this year. Mm-hmm. Because now he can, he loves flowers um, flower was one of his first words, rightfully so in this family. Yeah, absolutely. And he is so, it's crazy how intuitive they are, little kids. Like he's so gentle with them. He's not mm-hmm. gentle with anything else in our life. Mm-hmm. He knows that they're special mm-hmm. and he likes being out there. And also I spend a lot of time in the garden when he's sleeping, similar mm-hmm. to you. It's mm-hmm. like my, oh, everyone's in bed. <laughs> we have another two, three hours of daylight because we live in Northern Michigan in the summer. Yeah. And it's just like going out there and doing something other than momming can be really therapeutic at the end of the day. Oh yeah. My garden's my therapy. <laughs> totally. It's like, I find myself out there a lot when I need a break from the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, when the studio is really stressful, I'm like, I'm going to go out to the garden for 20 minutes and pick some stuff we need for the arrangements this week or pick something for this wedding, but it's just nice to be out there. But he did, he loves the garden and my sister grew him like a tiny little part of her garden and he loved that section. So we'll see how this year goes because now this year it'll be really interesting because he can pick food literally out of my sister's garden while they're in there. Mm. That'll be funny to watch. And then he'll be in the flowers with us and hopefully he'll He'll get a, a good hang of it. Hopefully he can harvest and make a little bouquet. Yeah. And you'll have your other little one like mm-hmm. laying on a blanket, just playing on a blankie. Yeah. The other one will be there just sort of rolling over in the grass and we'll somehow manage it. We'll figure it out. 
I loved, I literally loved this summer, even though it was hard sometimes to mm-hmm. get everything done. And I still don't even understand how I did it all with no childcare. But um, I, it was so magical when I look back at all the photos of just like this, you know, older child that's completely mesmerized by the garden. And then this baby that's just laying there and enjoying just watching it all unfold. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's very, the garden just has a way, no matter what it looks like, of just being this like beautiful, wonderful backdrop to all that. I think it's the best marker of time. It like, is. I I still have some of my favorite photos I have are of him in the garden when I was cutting dahlias still up until, you know, I'll cut them till mid-October usually. Mm-hmm. And so he was so little because he was born at the end of August. So I always think of dahlias when I think of him because he was born when the dahlias really come into flush. So mm-hmm. um, he had a lot of fun, like helping me with the dahlias this year and arranging like a flat lay and sort of stuff that we do. But yeah. And I also think this year I was pregnant all summer mm-hmm. and watching the garden was like my, cause the day weirdly, the day I found out I was pregnant, we were putting the garden in. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, they're coming up. Okay. I'm, okay. We're getting a little further along. I have a crazy history of loss. So it was like, okay, the garden's still going. Okay. The plants are getting bigger. And it's, it's so weird to go back and look at my camera roll from the summer or our video content that we made this summer, because it's like, as the plants get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, I am also like, okay, she's, this is really showing now. So the garden was a great marker of time every year, but this year, especially. I absolutely resonate with that as well, because when I found out about uh, Sunny, she, I, it was spring. It was like the first day of spring Mm -hmm. and it was just like, okay, once the garden dies, I'm then going to have a baby. Totally. Totally. (laughs) I kept saying once I did these dahlias and I I had people help me this year, but once the dahlias are dug, then I can like really just rest and wait for a baby to show up. And that's Mm -hmm. right now. I love that. I love that. Man, it was crazy. Well, speaking of dahlias, a lot of people love them and I love them. They are beautiful flowers, (laughs) but I feel like they are so fussy and I get, I personally get a lot of questions about why I don't grow them. And I am a no fuss flower person when it comes to anything in my garden like that. So how do you work magic on them in your zone? Because you're what, like zone five, right? Yeah, that's what I, I, okay. Yeah. So we're pretty, so dahlias, it, it, it becomes so popular in the last few years. They're hard. I'm not going to lie to you. They're, they are literal, a pain in the ass. And every year I'm like, I'm never doing these flowers again mm-hmm. because they take so much time, mm-hmm. so much babysitting, so mm-hmm. much effort for such a small window versus you and I love cosmos and sunflowers and miracles. Those just come on and they just keep coming all summer. Yeah. No, with, they just don't die. They just don't die. I mean, you're literally hacking them back by the end of the year. Like uh-huh. it's time. So <laughs> the difference is the dahlias need like constant, I mean, constant love, attention, water, fertilizing soil amendments. Um, checking on them. They're super susceptible to disease. You got to stake them all year. It's just, so I don't know. I mean, when I explain it that way, I'm like, why do I keep growing them? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Do you keep growing them because you can use them in bouquets or yeah. do you love them that, is it a love-hate relationship? I, it's a definitely a love-hate relationship. I always say that the love I have for them is so limited that when you look back at the year as a whole, mm-hmm. there are a lot of flower growers who will not grow dahlias, you know? They're like, why do all that work for four weeks of the, and then because the hard part about dahlias is you have to dig the plant every year. So it cannot stay in the ground. Now, if you live in a warmer climate, do you still have to dig them? You can, you can try. People who live in warmer climates who are listening, I've seen success where people overwinter their dahlias in the ground but then you're really risking tuber rot and you have to divide them anyway. So you have to dig them and divide them because one tuber, one mother tuber, mm-hmm. you dig it in November, it can make 10 to 20 new plants. That's how people get out of control with dahlias because gotcha. plant five dahlia plants one year. Well, the next year that could easily be 50 dahlias you have in the ground. Okay. 
There's so much work. There's so much work. (laughs) I feel like they're like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like anything that I have to dig back up. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that might surprise people sometimes that I'm maybe not that person, but I kind of hit a point in like October where I'm like, if there's any more work I got to do, I'm done. Like, that's why I hired it out this year. I hired it out. Like, I don't blame you. I was super pregnant and we were still doing weddings and we had had a hard frost. And so I found some local growers, some flower farmers. And I was like, look, I'll pay you for the time. And if you want the plants, take the plants because I can't, Mm -hmm. you have to store them, overwinter them in like, um, you know, vermiculite or peat moss or all these, you got to find your special little sauce. And then the temperature (laughs) has to be perfect and they can't have too much humidity and they can't have moisture. And so I usually just start fresh every year with a new batch of tubers. Um, but I will, I definitely know myself well enough to know I will take time off dahlias one year. You know, it's the cool part about growing anything, a garden, flowers, Mm -hmm. we're not beholden to what we grew the year before. Mm -hmm. We can every single year. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that idea of you. We're not beholden to that. Oh, because I mean, just think I like people that. think, oh, I grew tomatoes last year and mm-hmm. 80 jars of salsa. So I have to grow more this year. Mm-hmm. Some people just might be like, I'm a big fan of like, let's take a year off. Like, let's. I tried so much stuff this year that I'll never grow again. And I'm going to try stuff this year that I might love. And I've done stuff in years past that I loved and haven't done in a few years. Like I've done sunflowers in two or three years and I'm definitely going to do them this year. Yeah. What varieties are you thinking about? I just got mine. So I love teddy bear. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I love um, the Sunrich series. Mm, I haven't heard of that one. I like branching sunflowers because again, from flowers, you can get multiple cuts. Um, but I like any of the sunflowers that are not huge. I don't want like the, I want like a very small head. That's really great to use in bouquet work. Yeah. I would think that that's hard. Like I think about one, Mike won't let me grow any sunflowers that are gigantic (laughs) because he's scared of them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah. Like, no, he's like, like a clown. Like he is scared of them like a clown. So yeah, like he gets really uncomfortable around giant sunflowers. Anyways. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's not alone in that because I've heard a couple other people say that, but the one that I did get into, that's only a single head, what I found extremely hard to put into, um, vases and stuff was the white light, which is a larger head. Mm -hmm. And I was really, even though I adored how they looked. I mean, they're on the podcast cover, but I, I just, and I'm growing them again, but I could see like why you wouldn't want to grow them. Yeah. They're a tough flower to work into design work. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, like all the years I grew sunflowers, I was really just growing them for myself or we sell them Mm -hmm. from bed. Like they're not, sunflowers are not a very popular wedding flower. Yeah. So, um, they're just like, they were like a trend, like 2000. And that was like, that was it. They were really popular when mason jars and burlap, um, like a more rustic design was really popular. They can be done so beautifully, but I just mm-hmm. think people have a hard time giving them a chance, but I'm excited to grow them. Well, I'm excited to see them in your garden this year. And then to also learn from you about them, because I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. do some sort of videos about cutting them or anything like that. Like you just, you do so well at those. So I'm, thank you. Yeah. I, Truly. So if you're listening to this podcast, you guys definitely need to check out Kaylin's uh, Instagram and because she has tons of IGTV videos. So I will link in the show notes. Finally, one big question because you have a Northern Michigan historic farm, right? I mean, that barn is pretty... Yeah, it's old. It was built in 1880. Yeah, that's historic. And to me... <laughs> so whether it's tagged that or not, the 1880—that's a long it's time. It's old, ago. yes, very old. So I would love to just hear really quick because there's a lot of people who are curious about you know moving from a city to living rurally. Like I have my own experience, but I don't have historic property. Um, but you do that you have to manage, and like, what is that like? I guess like it's it come- a lot. <laughs> I would think, I think so. The farm is so we have a tiny farm, it's 10 mm-hmm. acres, and it's our house, the barn, 
And then that's it. We've added a flower shed. We have a tiny house. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've put the flower studio in the lower level of our barn. Mm -hmm. And then our house and the barn are sort of separate at the property. So Mm -hmm. business is focused over by the barn. That's where the lavender is. And then our garden is sort of tucked back. Okay. It comes with a lot because you always want to be you know, you feel, you feel a lot of pressure, any changes you're going to make or any decision you're going to make to the landscape or, so we've worked really hard over the last six years to just make changes that feel really natural to us. Like it's Mm -hmm. not going to be perfectly landscaped. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, we really wanted to do it right by what we Mm -hmm. inherited. So we inherited, like, I think when we got here, there was like 16 or 17 antique apple trees. Um, but they were so overgrown and they hadn't been pruned in years and, you know, taken care of. And some of them had to come down Mm -hmm. pruned and worked on a good dozen of them. So we have like a little orchard and um, a walking trail, but we're also in a very wet spot, which Mm -hmm. people are very surprised by. So we've really struggled like figuring out where we could put the lavender and Mm -hmm. stuff, but yeah, the barn is enormous. It's one of the largest barns in Emmett County. That's, That's what crazy. someone told me, and I just go with it. It's enormous. <laughs> Probably use like for the studio, like one fiftieth of it. Like it's just Jeez. in a really tiny little corner, and um, it's huge. But I gotta it, come visit. I do. It comes yeah. with a lot. Like the, you know, it's always there's always a project. <laughs> it feels like everything is always just needs a repair, needs a fix when you have an older property and an old house was built in 1883 too. So um, we're always working on stuff around here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have a new property and I feel like the list is endless every single, like I said to Mike, even last night, I was like, I'm really sorry, but I had to break it to you. I have a project for us, like a big project because we were avoiding that after Mm -hmm. 2020 and like opening a new field and building a chicken coop that is basically huge. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, and having 13 chickens now all of a sudden. And I was like, I... I have a project. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't get it off my mind. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> I, know, we, I always feel like we spend every winter and you and Mike are the same, like Matt and I mm-hmm. spend every winter just being like, okay, what is the priority this summer for mm-hmm. changing the landscape or changing the farm? Um, how do we utilize the space? What do we put down there? How does that look for us to live? Um, do mm-hmm. we entertain down there? Do we entertain closer to our house? Do we, mm-hmm. and you know, 2020, I mean, you guys did your huge chicken project, but 2020 was the first year that I can remember us not having a huge project. And so we sort of just sat and paid attention. We finished our studio that year, but I love that this year will be really interesting to see what we come up with. Oh, I, I keep trying. I mean, the project is small ish. I mean, it's not like huge, but small ish in any way, it's still going to take most of the spring, which is probably yes. a good thing. Cause you know, we're still going to be in a little bit of this waiting game of everything and social, social life is still not going to be the same. Um, I don't think so from what I can perceive of the world right now. So I agree. Uh, yeah. So I think maybe having a project that is just for the spring or something is probably not a bad thing, but gosh, it's so real. <laughs> like, it's so much. It's also just like the, every year I'm like, we're not going to spend money on X, Y, or Z or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, $6,000 later, you know, like a couple thousand dollars later, this got fixed or I just feel that way with like the tractor and the, it's just, uh, oh I'm, yeah, I'm grateful. I love our life out here, but it is a very, um, it's easy up. to romanticize. Yes. Yes. That is it. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, oh, I want a farm in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful. I love our life. I never see us ever not having this kind of life where we have mm-hmm. And flowers and a studio and chickens eventually and food and a bunch of kids running around. It's just a lot of work. It's harder than living in a neighborhood somewhere in a city. Yeah. Like a suburban kind of life, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I, I love it so much every single day, but in the middle of the summer, there's like this moment where I'm just like, oh my gosh, none of that. Like, how am I going to do all this? And at some point it's, I think it's just a really good lesson in understanding like 
what you value and what you don't though. Because I feel, even though it's tons of work at the end of the day, like I'm like, I love my life so much. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I can't imagine living somewhere else. And so, yes, it is easy to romanticize. It is not all puppies and rainbows. No, but it's it not is, all harvest. It's not all arms full of flowers and arms full of A lot of dirt. Bowls, a lot of dirt. A lot of dirt. A lot of dirt and a lot of snow removal and a lot of <laughs> yes. water, figuring out water <laughs> situations. I feel like half my year is always like, okay, how are we going to get the water out to the blank to do the yes. water out to the blank? So you also just have to be comfortable with your child, like constantly having dirt in their mouth. Constantly, (laughs) constantly. I mean, like I will come inside and I'll be like, what's in your mouth? Like 30 minutes later. And he's like chewing on a maple leaf. I'm like, whatever. Or you find a rock. So many rocks. (laughs) The sticks, the sticks Uh make their way in the little stick collection. I'm like, whatever. They're, they're weirder things to have in your child. Yeah, I think my favorite one was I came in from out in the garden. My son this year came in, had come in before me. Our doors were always open. And I just like saw on the table, there was a pile of dirt and out <laughs> of it was just 40 worms screwed, oh. like going all over the table. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> even me, That's, like yeah. spends all my time. I'm totally comfortable with those things. And I just like almost vomited. <laughs> You have to get used to it. You have to get ready for a very dirty indoor outdoor lifestyle. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be super dirty, but it's still dirty no matter how it's still dirty. Yeah. Still dirty no matter what you do. Yes. So I love that. I am just wondering. So speaking of big things for the year, I mean, obviously you're having a baby anytime mm-hmm. now. Yep. And you when we're talking about the farm, like what is the like big thing other than the sunflowers? Like you mentioned too. We've decided that this is not the year we're going to expand the garden every year. I'm like, are we moving it? Are we expanding it? Um, I will. I've decided to scale back on dahlias. I probably won't do 150 this year. I'll probably do 20 to 30. Go girl. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Bringing back sunflowers, planting yeah. a couple more perennials, um, but we don't have any major farm reconfiguration or construction projects on on tap for the farm itself. We're mm-hmm. gonna um, see what another year brings us. Mm-hmm. We got a new flower shed last year that did really, really well. And so I'm excited to have an entire season of that because it came in June. So mm-hmm. to cut it through May will be really fun. But we're just working on getting this place spiffed up and the usual sort of stuff, always landscaping, always trying to find out how we want flow to go. Mm -hmm. But in the garden for years, we've been like, do we move it? Do we, and I just, it's a big decision to move it because (laughs) you've worked so hard on the dirt. Yeah. So I think I'm going to stay put where I'm at and maybe have it be, you know, I don't know what life is going to be like with two kids. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because we're going to have such a busy wedding season coming off of the year we essentially lost to the pandemic. So I'm going to try and make the garden as easy as possible for me this year, Mm -hmm. just so that I don't resent it or I don't feel like it's super stressful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it all goes, you know, to weeds, it is what it is, right? Like story of my life. I kill so many plants and so many, there's so many, I I don't ever get worked up. I think you have to go into it Uh expecting for 20 to 30% loss. I think that's a really good way to perceive anything. It's two out of every 10 plants. It's two out of every 10 plants. And so it's like, cool, I'm going to put 10 tomato plants in the ground. I think if you have eight of them flourishing, you did really well. It Mm -hmm. could be five, it could be four. Um, But just knowing that we're all works in progress and the garden is such a work in progress and there's no way to control mother nature. We have no idea what this year is going to bring. So we do all that we can to work Mm -hmm. on controlling elements. But at the end of the day, the garden is really just a big gamble. It is. And you either like that or you don't. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, we'll see what happens. I have no emotional attachment in a way that I don't ever think of the garden as a reflection of myself. So if the garden sucks, Mm -hmm. I'm still great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, it's so true. I think people need to just be easy on themselves. Yeah. It's such a good lesson for life. 
you know, in that way. Like you just can't, you can't approach anything with too much. I think that idea of like 20 to 30% loss is such a good thing to even just take into life, you know, as a parent, as an entrepreneur, like anything. So yeah, because you're not going to win at everything and you're not going to be perfect at everything and you shouldn't because that makes life really boring. It would be exhausting. Imagine how exhausting it would be if you held yourself to a level of perfection in the garden because it's unattainable. It is. It is. So a lot of people say to me all the time, well, I could never do that because I suck at growing and I kill everything. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's a you thing because I suck (laughs) at growing. I I killed everything. I just plant enough that some of it makes it. I love that. Yes. It's so true. Cause I think I planted like 150 basil or something this year. And I don't even know how many there were, but only like probably 10 of them were really productive. And the other ones either got crowded out or they just died or, you know, whatever. You had more basil than you know what to do with. Absolutely. And I got to share it. Yes. And everyone thinks, oh, if I don't, if I plant 10 dahlias. I'll never have enough dahlias. I'm like, oh my gosh, I grew for years. I wouldn't grow more than five plants. I'm just going to put one dahlia in my garden this year. You should. Oh, (laughs) you're tempted. You're tempted. Well, now I'm just like, maybe, maybe I just need to do this. Like it's going to fail, but if treated correctly, (laughs) you know, that one plant, you should get 50 to 75 flowers from it. Oh man. But the joy that brings, not just to me, but other people, like that's yes. just like such a gift. It's there, such a uh, gift. And I loved this concept. It was the concept of gifting. And I think it was in something by Robin Wall Kimmerer. She wrote Breeding Sweetgrass, but she she had this interview that she had done with somebody and they talked about how in it was in an Amazonian culture that like he had killed an animal and the researcher was asking them like, what are you going to do with all this excessive meat? And he said, what do you mean? Like, I'm not like, because they were talking about preserving. And he was like, what do you mean? He goes, I'll preserve it in the belly of the community, like the people around me. And like, I think that of that concept all the time when it comes to gardening and whether it's flowers, whether it's anything like to give our, to give our excess into our community, not always into ourselves. It's like such a, and I found that this summer, like, just so wonderful, you know, just to like oh. bring flowers to somebody who is going through chemo right now and, you know, things like that. It changes. I mean, you have that um, give back that you do every year mm-hmm. and it's so cool. I think just, I can't, I give away so many flowers and not in the like, what was whole, I'm holier than that. It's just when you have excess mm-hmm. and you know, the joy it'll bring other people, how could you not? So I'm Absolutely. always three flowers at the shed, come on by. Like, because let's be honest, it's like, you know, you with tomatoes or something that's out of control. It's like, I don't want to see another Cosmo in this house. I have more <laughs> than any one human needs. Yes. And if it can bring joy to someone else, you know, that's yeah. one of the greatest, most simple ways we do it. And I always love sending flowers home with people and having them cut from the garden and and honestly, I grow a really small garden and I host flower workshops here at the farm and they cut from the garden for the workshops. And if I didn't have them in there, this is like 15 to 18 people mm-hmm. um, cutting a really hard cut like mm-hmm. once a month. I couldn't keep up on it. I think yeah. flowers are so productive and so mm-hmm. incredible in their, their level to just keep going all year that you mm-hmm. need to share them. You need to share with others. Yeah. There's one of my friends who's a farmer here locally uh, at Loma. She said in an Instagram post one time that flowers are like fancy, good looking men. They constantly need grooming and haircuts. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Sarah from Loma said that. I'm pretty sure. Like I remember (laughs) saying that one time and I just, I think about it every single time I have to cut back my cosmos, which is like, Every day, <laughs> every single day, yes. every single day. It's like a full-time job. Cause if you're like, you know, God forbid you want to take a day or two off. You're like, Oh, I'm behind. I'll never catch up. I'll mm-hmm. never catch up. I'm cutting all these. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate chatting with you. I hope that people really feel like they can actually take on a flower garden and just get their hands dirty, even just a five gallon bucket this totally. year. And um, also go easy on yourselves, everybody. Like, Pick two flowers you want to grow. Pick three. 
you know, and, yeah. and just try and you don't have to start from seed, buy them from a plant sale or, you know, yeah. make yourself, make it easier on yourself. And I think the more laid back you go into it and the more excited you are to try something and the more grace you give yourself, the, the bigger your bounty, so to speak. I love that. I love that. Um, we're going to do some quick fires really quick. Yeah. So really short, quick answers as they come to you. Okay. So the first one is one thing your garden and working with natural things has taught you. Patience still Mm -hmm. working on it, but always there's a lesson in patience every day in the garden. I I would agree with that. It's well applied to motherhood too. Mm -hmm. Um, if you had to pick what season steals your heart the most? Fall. Agree. I'm a, I love fall in Northern Michigan. I think it's the best. The flowers are still growing. You can still swim. You can still be outside. Um, there's less people here. It's the mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Morning coffee or evening drinks? And I know you're a Clinks girl, so. Both. Oh. <laughs> I can't live without my morning cup of coffee, but man, do I love having a glass of wine outside in the garden. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm picking both. That's fine. I, I have to agree with that. The, enjoy everything in life, right? Okay, the song you constantly have on repeat right now. I'm really going through a Dua Lipa phase. I'm a club girl at heart. So I love Whoa. Dua Lipa. Um, basically, Will that be on your, on your birth list? <laughs> I gave birth to Lizzo last time. So we'll see what I get I know. <laughs> this time around. I do like a good banging birth playlist, but <laughs> like club bangers. I'm a pop princess at heart. I also, I, I just love it. So, so on that note, like, how did you feel about all the T Swift that 2020 gave us? Are you a T Swift? I'm a Swifty. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm a diehard, but we listened yeah. to a lot of Taylor Swift in the studio this year. Um, I'm so here for it. She is coming into her own. She is done mm-hmm. hearing what other people think. She's an incredible songwriter. Lady Gaga is. is one of my favorite artists. She had an incredible album year, um, but Taylor just came out of nowhere and release some pretty incredible music yeah I I have like this love hate with her sometimes <laughs> like where it's like <laughs> I don't always love everything she does and but I I loved the albums that she, that she just did it you know like I just, just value that about her so okay last one best advice for anyone still sitting thinking they cannot grow anything what do you have to lose put a bunch of plants in the ground, they die. So what? Cool. You have something to lose. There is no major risk here. It's not brain surgery. You're not married to your garden. This isn't a life partner situation. It isn't parenthood. (laughs) It isn't getting a dog. It's not a 15 year commitment. It is a couple months of your life, (laughs) maybe 20 minutes a day. If it's small, even 20 minutes every other day, if you want to be like a sort of half-ass beginner, like I was. Just what do you have nothing to lose? Oh, I love it. That is such good advice. Like seriously, because it's so true. Like you can't lose anything other than maybe 20 bucks out of your pot. Well, it might be more than that, like 150. 150 bucks. Set a limit. Set a limit. Yeah. You tried tried something. Yeah. Like don't, don't go all in on, on it. (laughs) Don't plant $150. Don't here's my biggest advice. Don't be like, I'm going to start a flower farm year one and plant an acre and bite off more than you want to chew on. I can't even imagine that. Start small. I know. That's why when our project that we have for spring is a new field, which sounds crazy, but it's not going to be, it sounds bigger than it is, but, um, it's, right next to the chicken coop. And I, I want to add like a bunch of flowers and a bunch of herbs there, no vegetables and just kind of play, so to speak. It'll be so good. Play. So low pressure. I'm excited for you. That's cool. It just feels right. We have such sandy, like sad soil Mm -hmm. right now in those areas. And I just want to grow something. So it does something if anything, rather than just grow like invasive species. Mm-hmm. you'll be great at it unless you're giving back you're giving back to the ecosystem when you make little spots better totally absolutely so i'm excited for you <laughs> well thank you um well thank you for being on today seriously i am extremely thankful that you took your limited time right now as you prepare to have 
your next little one. Probably Thanks. by the time this airs, you will have your little one. Yeah, any day now. So hopefully yeah. as everyone's listening to this, I'm just wearing a robe snuggled in somewhere. So I'm excited. I hope you Thanks are for having me. I'm excited for you. All these cool new projects and you leave that you've led a lot of people through learning about growing things and getting excited about it. So you are a champion for this kind of stuff. Well, thank you. I feel like the time is right. So yes. all things are in life. They have their moments. So they do. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for coming on today. It was so awesome to sit and chat. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Once again, I'm just going to remind you that now is the time to join the community. All the links are below in the show notes. Don't miss it. I'm serious. We're talking lice and chickens and we're talking about the words that we would describe spring. We are talking all about garden issues <laughs> and we have members from all over from Canada to the PNW to Louisiana to Texas to California to Maine, Michigan, everywhere. So it is for a lot of people. This is not an of all ages. We have everyone from my mom to Mike's mom to some people in college. It's all over the place. And I love that. So there are so many amazing people. You aren't going to want to miss out on what we're about to adventure on this spring. So head on in. And if not, no matter what, I'll see you guys out there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.